The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Join us as Pastor Randy Rehm shares truths from God's unchanging Word. So for today's reading, we will read John 6, verses 30 through 40. And then we will jump to verse 46 and read through 58. I will get to the other material, but that other material I, I, is, is very theological, for one. But I want, I want, when we get to it, I want you to get to it in its context. And I think that's so important. So the more material context here is what we'll give today. So in John chapter 6, starting in verse 30, if you would please stand, it is our tradition to stand for the reading of God's Word. Yes, it's a long section. Okay. But I, I really believe if, if a pastor's preaching and he doesn't say turn your Bibles and open to, he's preaching the wrong thing. That's my opinion. <clears throat> so they, that is the crowd, said to him, what then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? That what work do you perform? Our fathers ate man in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave bread to them out of heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but my, it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. Verse 46. Not that anyone has seen the Father, except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. For your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread which comes down out of heaven, so that you may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that has come out of heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread also, which I will give for life of the world, is my flesh. Then the Jews began to argue with one another, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will in no you will have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up in the last day. We will run into that phrase significantly next week. For my flesh is true food, my blood is true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father who and so he who eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that has come down out of heaven, not as the, your, as the fathers ate and died. He who eats this bread will live forever. You may be seated. 
Now, please allow me to review a little bit so we can put this in its context. Context is so huge uh, with anything. I mean, we've all seen news reports where they say one thing and then you see it in its context, okay? So it's just so important that particularly uh, in this chapter, which is quite lengthy, 60-some-odd verses, we put it in context. I remember the setting is Capernaum, in particular, the synagogue at Capernaum. And I showed you pictures of that, uh, photographs of the archaeology related to that last week, okay? A significant number of those who were fed the five loaves and two fish have crossed the lake or the Sea of Galilee, and they went to find Jesus, and they find him there in Capernaum. Jesus accuses them, though, of their real motive or tells them their real motive for seeking. He says, because you ate the loaves and were filled. It's not, it's not for the sign. It's not for me that you came. You came because I gave you food. Okay, and then Jesus moves to this food metaphor up in chapter 27. He says, do not work for food which perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life. And he says he'll give them this food. But these guys don't focus on that. They hear the word work. It says don't work for food that perishes. They hear the word work. And they're not stuck on the idea of the, the bread, the food that brings life. They, they get stuck on the idea of work. So they ask Jesus what works they can do to do the works of God. Okay? That was the focus of last week's sermon. That is, regeneration, salvation is entirely and exclusively a work of God, even our believing. But, but and i got to just touch on the word believing that we see there um, from verse 29 on is mentioned nine times. But there's a phrase used synonymously with that, he who comes to me and believes, it's synonymously, is another six. So we're told the idea of believing and coming to Christ is, this, is in this 15 times from verse 29 on down. Should give you an idea what Jesus is talking about is believing and coming to this is huge is believing and coming to him. If you don't, you're going to get really confused if you don't understand that. So, so Jesus has just told them that believing in the one God who sent is a work of God. They understanding they understand that Jesus is saying he's the one that God sent. They understand that, so they ask him, okay, prove it that you're the one whom he sent. Uh, Give us a sign. What sign do you do so that we may see and believe? What work do you perform? Now, the word sign, let's get real. A sign is simply a, a marker that indicates something else. It's, it's, as you see it up, there's a curve coming. It's not the curve. It, it, it identifies the fact that there's a curve coming. All right, But they're particularly wanting some way that we can identify you as the one, Jesus is the one you were sent. And they mean by that some kind of miracle or wonder. That's how often it's used in the New Testament, this, this word, okay? So, so the people are saying, you know what, if, if you do something to, to prove, to authenticate a miracle in some way that shows you're the one God sent, we would believe. They don't get it. They don't understand, okay? They think... A sign or miracles are an agent of belief. That is this. If you see a miracle, it causes belief. The product of a miracle is belief. Uh-uh. They've got it wrong. Okay? Because if they would, if that was true, they would have believed after Jesus resurrected from the dead. 
Uh, matter of fact, in Luke, Jesus says this in Luke 16. And he's talking about, he's telling the story of Lazarus and the rich man. They both passed away. Lazarus is in the Abraham, uh, bosom of Abraham in paradise. The rich man's being tortured. He says, send somebody back to talk to my family. Um, you know what? Maybe if, matter of fact, if you send somebody back from the dead, they'd believe. And that, Jesus says, if they did not believe Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament, they would not be persuaded even if someone raises from the dead. You don't get it. The sign, the wonder, doesn't cause belief. So they've missed that point. They think if you do a thing, then that somehow enables belief in us. They, they missed it, that belief is a work of God, not something that happens in you because you see something. So they give Christ an example of the kind of miracle that he could do, that they would believe. And he says, our fathers ate man in the wilderness. It's written as he gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Okay? So they put forth this example. You know, if you would do that for us, I'm going to ask, where were you when he fed all those people? So I, manna, which is a form of bread, they, it's not really a form of bread, but it's used analogous with that or synonymously with it, falls out of heaven. But when he creates it on the spot, that doesn't work. He just fed you. And Jesus said, you came and followed me because I gave you food. I gave you stuff of this life. And they says, here's how you can really prove that you're God. Give us more stuff. That's basically what they're asking for. The same thing to God to provide in this life. Okay? Well, Hebrews 4 and 2 tells us that those forefathers that he was talking about, that they had the manna, okay? It tells us that that miracle of manna didn't even cause their forefathers to believe. They didn't believe what God said. Matter of fact, they wouldn't even enter into the promised land because they didn't believe that. So what good did, did the manna do? It sustained them in the wilderness, but didn't bring about belief or faith in what God had said, Okay? Now, in this next section, I want to point out a couple things. He set up now this whole idea of bread. He mentioned food earlier. I can give you food that doesn't perish. Now, they bring up bread, and now Jesus does. Jesus refers to bread in the next, this next section 14 times. Okay? And two of those times he uses manna symbol, or synonymously with the word bread. He says twice, actually three times, he is that bread. He is the bread of life. He is it. In particular, he uses the bread metaphor for his physical body, his flesh. Okay? Referring particularly to the incarnation. That is, God descending, taking on human form. The Son coming and taking on human form. If you don't understand this as a metaphor, you, it gets confusing. Okay? So he says he is the bread. Well, in what way are you the bread? Well, in particular, through the incarnation, my physical body. So when he says, unless you eat my flesh, if you don't understand, this is a metaphor. Right? That's why the early church, those who didn't understand or took scriptures out of context, thought Christians were cannibals. Okay? You can read Irenaeus and Against Heresies, Justin Martyr. These guys tried to address that false accusation okay so with this bread metaphor jesus carries on through the rest of the chapter all right and jesus says to them truly truly we ran and we did a whole sermon on that 
Amen, amen, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you, past tense, bread out of heaven, but is my Father who gives, present tense and continual, the true bread of heaven. So look at, look at, he's drawn the metaphor. There's bread, but I'm going to talk, it's symbolic of a true bread. And, and I know you guys think it was Moses who did it. It wasn't Moses, it was God. But gee, God now gives a bread currently and continues to give a bread that's true. True bread as to false bread, that is the miracle that you're seeking, is not the solution to your unbelief. You, you say, if, if I could get this X bread out of heaven like manna falling out of the sky and met their daily need, then I would believe. And she goes, no, no, that isn't, that isn't true. The true bread over here brings belief. That doesn't. And we'll touch on that next week. And you keep saying that, Pastor, I know, then you've got to tune in next week, don't you? And if you weren't here last week, you missed a part, you've got to catch up. Okay? Verse 33, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Okay? So, so they're thinking Jewish. Israel. Man, it came down. It didn't come down for anybody else. It just came down for the Hebrews in the wilderness. Okay? But he says, the, the bread that comes out of heaven. But let me qualify so you know I'm not talking about that bread. I'm talking about another bread. This bread brings life to the world. That is humanity. Mankind. Okay? Uh, it's, it's not bread that's given to the physical earth. The world doesn't refer to the physical earth. The universe, even though the word cosmos is used that way in Scripture, okay, to, to humanity as a general. That doesn't mean every person. That means humanity in general. Okay? Verse 34, And they said to him, watch, Lord, always give us this bread. Wait a minute, if it brings life, if you give it to us continually, what happens? I live forever. So if there, there's this life, the bread that brings life, if there's a fountain of youth, if I could use that analogy, okay, or metaphor, uh, if there, let, let me drink from the fountain of youth every day. If, if there is a bread that brings life, always give it to us. So they're the one that brings up the idea of living forever. Jesus can, grabs that theme and goes with it, Okay. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Now give me the bread. Always give me the bread so I can always live. I'm it, Jesus says. I want you to think about that for a minute, how that must have hit them in the forehead. They didn't really comprehend it, but just imagine their response to that. He who comes to me will not hunger... And he who believes in me will never thirst. Now he continues that eternal ongoing thing. If you give me this bread, well then give it to me always, continually, so I'd never be hungry. I would have lived forever. So Jesus uses, I will never hunger, or a person will never hunger, never thirst, as again, sort of kind of a metaphor for that ongoing eternal life. Okay? It's not that you'll never physically get hungry again. Uh, once you're a Christian, then you'll never be thirsty and physically. Again, that, you all know this means is a metaphor for that. Okay? Um, I got to throw this in. The, the comes to me, all who come to me, uh, used synonymously with he who believes. 
We, we just did that. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never first. Okay? Um, those two words are used 15 times, those phrases. And here as well, 15 times. That's important because Jesus will address those who come to him, those who believe later next week, and particularly he'll address that. Okay? This eternal life idea is nine times. So you see Jesus is hounding these metaphors. He doesn't just mention it by a bypass. He continues, comes back to these metaphors. The bread, eternal life, coming and believing in him. They're connected. <clears throat> now it says, that bread of life, hunger me, thirst for me. But I say to you, you have seen me and don't believe. Who comes to me will never hunger, believes in me and never thirst. He grabs that believe idea and can continue. He says, wait a minute, you've seen me and that didn't bring your belief. You, you've seen the miracles that he's done. You've heard his preaching, teaching out of his own mouth. And you, you don't believe. Okay. The bread sent from heaven that you say you want, okay, you have seen and you don't believe. Then he qualifies something. He puts a qualifying statement in here. Not that anyone has seen the Father. Except the Son, the one whom God sent, or who is from God. He has seen the Father. So I want you to point out, Jesus talks about this, but he purposely, purposely distinguishes the fact that he is not the Father. He is the one the Father sent. Now I'm going to read to you directly from our statements of faith. You can see on our website. When we talk about God. God is one self-existent being who exists in three uncreated, co-equal, co-eternal, consubstantial persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I know that sounds fancy. Okay? But here's the point. God exists in one being, in three persons, all of which are uncreated, co-eternal. Each, each one is eternal. They are equal. Consubstantial means of the same being, of the same essence, of the same nature. Even so, Jesus wants to point out, because remember, they've already, he's already been thrown. They're going to kill him because he said he's equal with God. He is God. Here he's trying to make, yeah, I am God, but I'm not the Father. I'm the one the Father sent. Get this clear. You will never see the Son say he sent the Father. You will never see the Son say he ever told the Father to do anything. He does say this. The Son only does what the Father tells him to do. Matter of fact, the Son only says what the Father tells him to say. Okay, this is important. He wants to make that distinction. That he is not the Father. There are groups that will have a problem with that. I'm not, this isn't a sermon on the Trinity. I don't, I'm not here to twist, hurt your brain that much today. Okay? But Jesus makes sure to point that out. That he has seen the Father. So he goes on to say, you have seen me and you don't believe. Truly I say to you, he who believes has eternal life. Can't get any clearer than that. I am the bread of life. He, what he's saying is, I am the bread that brings that eternal life. 
He's saying it again. He's already said it to him once. So let, let it hit him in the face a little bit. Have this parenthetical phrase explained that he's not the father. And he says it again. And he says, uh, wait a minute. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died. What you're asking for doesn't give eternal life. It didn't for them. And it won't for you. This bread, which comes down of heaven, this is the bread that comes down out of heaven. So that, no, what's the bread? Him. So that you may eat of it and not die. So we're supposed to eat Jesus. No, remember, these are all metaphoric. The concept of thing he's trying to get through is belief and eternal life. Coming to him brings eternal life. So what does eat mean? means belief, to come to him. In the context, that's where, if you don't context it, don't recognize that Jesus pounds these metaphors over and over and over. Belief, come to me, eternal life. Belief, come to me. Eat, have eternal life. Oh, you mean believe, you mean come to you. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay, it's, it's not communion he's talking about here. Once you understand that, he's not talking communion here. He's talking about, because those who take it, see, unless you take communion, you can't have eternal life. So you surrendered your life to Christ at work one day because of a friend, and you drove home, got in a car accident, never had communion. Too bad. Some people do the same thing with baptism. All right? This is not, this is not talking about communion. This is on believing in Jesus Christ and his work. That's what he mean by eat of him. Come to him, believe in him. Okay? I am, here we go again, the living bread that came down from heaven. Anyone who eats this bread will live forever. And the bread also which I give for the life of the world. Remember he said this is the one, the Father's real bread that God sends brings life to the world. I'm that. He equates himself even with that statement. Okay. That bread that brings life to the world is my flesh. So Jesus clearly explains the metaphor. Okay. Bread that gives life. I'm the bread. That bread is what? That I've come in the flesh. Eternal life comes because the Son came in the flesh. That's pretty straightforward. Jesus said to them, verse 53, truly, truly, we've ran into that three times now. Okay, he's making an emphatic statement. He says, I know truth, I am truth. We talked about this before. Listen to me, true, true, true are these statements. I say to you, unless you eat my flesh or eat the flesh of the Son of Man, the Son of Man, the Son of Man, not the Son of God, now, he is the Son of God, but when it speaks about the Son of Man, it takes particular when he comes on the flesh as a man, as a person, as a human being. He is a person, but as a human being. Okay. And drink his blood. You have no life in yourselves. This is the work of God that you believe. If, you, if, if believing brings life, but there's no life in you. There's no believing in you. The believing is a thing that God does. That's what he already said. Now, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. 
He gives a little explanation of what he means by that, and we'll talk about this next week because this same phrase comes in to the conversation. I will raise him up on the last day. He clarifies eternal life's not something you're seeing in front of you. People will still pass away, die, but there's a resurrection. Now the Sadducees have a hard time with that, but he's saying there's going to be a day that you're all raised up again. I know it looks like to you. I know you're seeking physical bread, and you think this means just physical life. But he'll resurrect that, and that will be true as well. Okay? So I want to reiterate eating, this idea of eating, okay, is just another metaphor for believing in him, trusting in his work on the cross, for what he does. For my flesh, verse 55, is true food. Not physical food that comes and you still die. My flesh is spiritual food that brings eternal life. It's the real stuff. My blood is the true drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Okay, I'm not breaking that apart now because there's a whole other sermon on that one yet to come. Later on in John. As the living Father sent me. Now remember, he's talking about eternal life. He's been talking about this life, eternal life. The living Father, the self-existent Father. That's called the doctrine of aseity, that God exists in and of himself. All right? I live because of the Father. The Father is, God is eternally self-existent, and so am I. Because he's already made himself equal with God, claimed to be God, they wanted to kill him. So if God, the Father, is eternal, self-existence, I am as well. You've got to realize this. Um, excuse me, didn't they just celebrate your birthday a little while ago? I was there at your bar mitzvah. You know, I, I'm not, you, you, wait a minute. You have a mama and a dad. They actually say this in this chapter. <laughs> and then mom and dad are here and the brothers, wait a minute. Okay? So he who eats me, eats me, he also will live because of me. This bread which came down out of heaven, this bread himself, out of heaven. Not as your fathers ate. It ain't that kind of bread, guys. Get that out of your head. Get the physical out of your mind. Okay? And die. He who eats this bread will live forever. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate, this is all metaphoric. All right? Why doesn't he just say it a little more clear? Well, we'll get to that next week. Okay? But the real question comes then, wait a minute, if you've seen him and you don't believe, he says that, you, you've seen him, watch what I do, and you think because I do some other miracle, you're going to believe. Believing doesn't come by seeing those things. This is Stephen Wilson, and we want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope you were blessed by today's message. Truths from God's Unchanging Word is an outreach ministry of Kindred Bible Church in Caldwell, Idaho. If you would like to listen to other messages by Pastor Randy or learn more about Kindred Bible Church, visit kindredbible.org. Our prayer for you is that you grow closer to Christ as we study the truths from God's unchanging word.